Hello and welcome. This is Perspective for Parents. My name is Nick Thompson, and this is a podcast for parents of adolescents. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen. Never put a period on a negative thought. I heard Harry Winkler recently say this on on The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon. If you don't know, Harry Winkler is an American actor, comedian, director, producer, and author. He's probably best known for his role of Arthur Fonzie Fonzarelli on the sitcom Happy Days. I like this quote, and I love this idea from Harry Winkler, so I'd like to break it down a bit. The quote points out the importance of the skill of noticing a thought, and then, after noticing, noting the thought as being negative, catching it before it builds momentum. You can kind of picture like a a snowball heading down a hill. The sooner you catch it, the easier it is to manage. And this quote provides a great opportunity to introduce two schools of thought on thoughts. The first approach, I like to call it catch and confront. The second approach I call catch and release. So first, catch and confront. Second, catch and release. Don't worry, I I will explain both in more detail. But I need to start by saying both catching and confronting and catching and releasing require the essential skill of catching the thought. This means noticing it. And by noticing it, you immediately create some distance between you and the thought. Noticing and noting are absolutely necessary skills that we all must practice. But the key to both these approaches is the catching, the catching part. Catching is a mindful practice, and this ability or skill, whatever you want to call it, is best enhanced through practice. So let's talk about the first approach, catch and confront. This is a foundational practice in CBT, or cognitive behavioral therapy. So this is where you confront the thought by putting it on trial. So in this approach, it can be seen as you act as the prosecutor, the defense, and the judge to get to a verdict on the accuracy of the thought. So this involves gathering and producing evidence in support of and against the thought. And after this contentious back and forth, you are tasked with also being the judge that comes to a final verdict. Now, this can be an incredibly useful exercise for people especially with reoccurring and intrusive thoughts. But I also want to share that I believe this approach is not always necessary or helpful. To make this point, I like to share with people I'm working with 
um, on the approach of catching and confronting. I like to use this metaphor. Um, so someday in the future, I'm walking on Pearl Street, which, by the way, is a pedestrian mall here in Boulder for those not familiar. Okay, so I'm walking on this pedestrian mall. And a person who appears to be very unwell and or high out of their minds runs up to me and says, Hey, you, you're a piece of bleep and no one likes you. Okay. If this were to happen, you know what I wouldn't do? I would not stop immediately, turn around and and say, listen here, person I don't know. You're wrong. So, so wrong. I'll have you know that I am a valued member of this community. I volunteer. I recycle. I donate to the Red Cross. And that whole no one likes me thing that you said, you know, well, stay put right there, chief, because I'm going to get out my phone and I'm going to call some friends and family and I'll have them tell you. They'll tell you themselves. Yeah, I'm going to put it on speakerphone. I'll have them tell you that they do like me. You just wait and see. Maybe thinking to myself in the back of my head, well, I I hope they answer. No. If that situation were to happen, I would realize this is a random event from a random person who's not me, who's not well. And so if somebody ran up on me and said something like that, I, I think my response would be some sort of like, cool. Have a good day. And I would just keep walking. By confronting the person, I don't win. I don't serve myself by standing there and arguing with that nonsense. And if I keep doing this, keep standing out there and arguing, I'm going to miss dinner with friends. I hope this helps to make the point that so many of our thoughts do not deserve our time and energy the time and energy that we take to disagree with before we dismiss them. I'm here to tell you, we don't need to give our thoughts too much credit. We have 50,000 to 70,000 thoughts a day. And we can give one of those thoughts way too much of our time, too much of our energy. A little math on this subject. If we take the average number of that 50 to 70,000, we say 60,000 thoughts a day. Okay, one thought out of 60,000 is 0.000016% of our daily cognition quota. So that whole example of the person running up on me and calling me a piece of bleep and, and that nobody likes me, that was an example of if I would have stopped there and confronted, created the evidence against, that would have been an example of catching and confronting. And while this is a helpful tool, I believe so many times the most appropriate approach is a catch and release. The release would have been, cool, have a good day, and keep walking. To further make the point of how catch and release can be a better approach with with random thoughts. Here's another example. While I was driving the other day, somebody cut me off and I had to like swerve pretty significantly to avoid hitting them. At that moment, 
That very moment, I had a thought, a quick, fleeting thought. And the thought was, run him off the road. Now, I could interact with that thought by saying, dear Lord, Nick, you wanted to run that person off the road. You know what that's called? That's called being homicidal. And you, you, you're counseling youth. You're on your way to counsel youth. And you're having these types of awful thoughts. And then, after the prosecution has concluded, you know, I could have gone in and gone to work and to gather and present my defense to these accusations. Or I could say to myself, well, that was a wild thought. I'm not going to do that and just keep driving. Doing the latter would be an example of catch and release. Why would I give so much of my time and energy confronting and combating one out of 60,000 of the thoughts I had on a particular day? So transitioning to something that may be more useful for you or your youth, I'm going to share some analogies. Yep, love these things. Analogies can be helpful to understand and gain a better perspective on thoughts and our relationship with them. I'm going to share three different analogies that I share with youth on this topic. Please introduce them to your kids and see which, if any, connect best with them. The three analogies are thoughts are like clouds. In a windy sky. Second, thoughts are like leaves in a stream. And finally, thoughts are like fireworks in the sky. Okay, so first, thoughts are like clouds in a windy sky. What I love about this one is that you get to the game changing realization that you are not the clouds, you are not your thoughts. You are actually the sky. The sky, a.k.a. you, for example, you know, you look down because you're the sky above and you see a picturesque, puffy cloud. That's a happy one. That's a happy thought. And then comes a dark, stormy cloud filled with rain and lightning. Now that's a negative thought. But the thing is, the sky doesn't worry too much about the clouds because it is so much bigger than the clouds themselves and lasts so much longer. This metaphor helps to build the awareness, which definitely can be described as wisdom, that the clouds come and go. Thoughts, they come and they go. They are fleeting in nature. And when you are the sky, when you realize you are the sky, you do not concern yourself too much with any given cloud or even cloud formation. Okay, on to the second one. Thoughts are like leaves in a stream. Why I like this one is is because you can create this this great visual. It's like this, this madman standing in the middle of the stream grabbing at leaves that he likes, that are good, and trying to frantically stuff the wet leaves into limited pocket space. 
and also visualizing this person trying to grab at the, the bad leaves and trying to just chuck them upstream, just throwing them upstream, because that's what we do. We try to throw the negative ones away. We try to get rid of them. But in this attempt to dismiss, disregard, dispose of these leaves or these thoughts, we are resisting. All of these practices are known as resisting. In this attempt, we only allow them to come back to us. And then we're frustrated by their reappearance as they come downstream. The reappearance and frustrated relationship with negative thoughts can be seen as something called ruminating. Ruminating is the process of continuously thinking about the same thoughts, which tend to be sad or dark. And forgive me for this next uh, vocab lesson, but I find it so interesting. This term ruminate comes from the same root of the word ruminant. A ruminant is any cud-chewing animal, like a cow, goat, or camel. It is a mammal with hooves, a complicated system of, of stomach compartments. And its process of digestion works by chewing up partly digested food a second time in order to soften it. The Latin meaning of ruminant literally means chewing over again or chewing the cud. I just love sharing that because that's what we so often do with our thoughts. We chew on them for a while, swallow them, but then we puke them back up just to chew on them some more. Well, sorry if that grossed you out. So uh, uh, back to the leaves in the stream. The most important reminder is that you don't need to jump into the stream and try to collect or hold onto the leaves that you like. And then in turn, be panicked and try to dispose of the leaves that you view as ugly. Instead, you can just decide to sit on the side of the stream and watch the leaves pass by. Watch them come and go. You are the one who views the leaves in the stream. You are definitely not the leaves. That is to say, again, you are not your thoughts. And finally, the analogy of thoughts are like fireworks in the sky. Why I like this one. Because first, I think it's, it's often easier to picture it. You know, you're just sitting down and you're watching a firework display. And you can just sit there. Sit back. Relax. And appreciate these cognitive electrical explosions. Notice thoughts. With a sense of awe and appreciation. And a big piece of that appreciation if you think about it, comes from the fact that each individual firework is fleeting. It comes and it goes. It is actually the finite nature of the firework or fireworks that make them so special. So what I love about that analogy is this view of appreciation, of awe, possibly gratitude. So there you go. Three analogies for thoughts. Back to the quote from Harry Winkler that I started the episode with. Never 
put a period on a negative thought. The only way you can get into the habit, the only way you can get into the habit of not putting a period on the end of a negative thought is by practicing mindfulness. When you over-identify with your thoughts, you will not be able to catch them. Whether you choose to confront them or release them, that's up to you. Do whatever works best for you. But the catching, the catching is so crucial and requires becoming more mindful. And it is with mindfulness practice that you can get to one of the greatest realizations known in human existence, which is you are not your thoughts. You are the one who witnesses the thoughts. So just an idea. You can introduce these three analogies for thoughts and our relationship with them to your kids, to the adolescent in your life. See if any of them connect. And if your child doesn't connect with any of them, you know, maybe they're just highly confused and ask you what type of hippie granola nonsense you've been getting yourself into recently. Well, just blame me. It was my idea. But maybe, just maybe, there's a chance that one of these analogies lands with them and makes sense. And if that happened, that could prove to be truly significant in their lives now and their lives moving forward. Thank you for listening. If you found this podcast useful, please subscribe, rate, review, and share with a friend. If you would like to find more information about this podcast or my upcoming presentations, please check out my website, perspectiveforparents.com. Spelled out, that's perspective, the number four, parents.com. Thanks again.